You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani, we are two Texas licensed attorneys and we are here live every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. on 104.5 and 106.1. Uh, and we are just here as a public service to uh, help you. Uh, we talk about various legal subjects and, and answer your questions. You can watch us live on Facebook. And you can also download us on uh, Google Play and iTunes and listen to the podcast. And that podcast is available tomorrow, Wednesday is the next day, because this is Tuesday. It's available tomorrow in the morning, and you can listen whenever you feel like it. So we want to welcome you to our show today. Today, we are going to be talking about updates on criminal law and what's going on in Texas. As far as some criminal law, you know, there's some DWI changes and things like that that I think are going to be interesting. And if we get to it, then we're going to discuss gun law. Yes. So, uh, you know, Tony, some interesting things, but I got to tell you this story that happened to me the other day that okay. was crazy. Did you do something wrong? Did you get pulled over? No, thank God I didn't. Uh, I had a client, DWI client, mm-hmm. and he was on pretrial diversion for our listeners. Right. That's a, a contract that you enter into and uh, with the county that you're going to... With the prosecutors. Uh, that Yeah. Not the court, but the actual prosecutors make a deal with you so you have not you're not even approaching the judge it is almost like a a rule 11 agreement a settlement but between the the state Uh prosecutors and the criminal defense attorney are the client if they're not represented it's usually they're represented right so it's the prosecutors and the client the the accused agreeing that you will not be found uh, uh guilty of a dwi if you comply with certain um, uh, requirements uh, during a, a period of usually about a year, mm-hmm. including having the um, interlock in your car and, and behaving and that kind of thing. And uh, again, it's only available to people that uh, you know are first timers. It's given them like a, a second, a second chance, uh, a, a break because they are not criminals. They just may have made a mistake leaving a, a bar. Uh, you know, and a little bit over the limit, perhaps. Usually they can't be too high over the limit. Anyway, pretrial intervention is great, great thing to do. Yeah, it sure is. And and like you were saying, it's only available if you've never been convicted of a DWI before. Right, or any crime for that matter. You have to have a clean record. This is just somebody that basically it was enacted, I think, for the most part, for somebody that was probably leaving a restaurant and just may have had, you know, left a little bit too early and their blood alcohol level was over 0.08 because, you know, they, they, the waitresses, you know, the wine list, I mean, it's very common these days for you to leave. And um, I, mean, I haven't because I don't drink, but designated driver for people, designated driver, go to that restaurant and have your, your Uber, your Lyft, your designated driver because you can't drive under the influence. And 0.08 is just two drinks away. That's so true. How many drinks is 0.08? Two drinks? It's, it's, it's not very many at that. all. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on how big you are, I guess. And drink, how a... fast you drink it yeah, right, and how right, long right. you wait. Like you're right. saying, wait a little bit before you leave and stuff like mm-hmm. how much you've got on your stomach, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, I've got this um, hearing scheduled for Wednesday. My client and I go and find out that there's, and he's on pretrial diversion for DWI. Mm-hmm. 
we find out that there's been a warrant issued for his arrest. Is it this coming up, like, tomorrow? No, it was last Wednesday. Okay, got it. Okay. Oh, but the craziest really? thing happened, and I want our listeners to know this, because there's a lot of talk, and we talk a lot, right. about don't get a DWI in Montgomery County. Right. Montgomery County is notorious in this whole state for being very hard on drunk driving and all of that. And, Which, and, and on the one hand, is a great. It should be, because it protects the public. On the other hand, we have an awful lot of bars up and down 45, and we have a lot of people. There, there's something called the, uh, this, I was talking to a uh, police officer in Harris County. He said there's a federal uh, uh, act or, or some kind of program where you get federal funding if you, if uh, in particular quarters of uh, uh, the state, and, and particularly up and down I-45 where all the bars and stuff are, and over by Market Square and what have you, where um, if they have a certain number of DWIs, then they would, uh, this, is a, uh, this is a targeted area, and they get federal funding if they get so many arrests out there. So they actually target the areas. Well, it's, uh, it's it, federal funding, it's, it's incentives. Right, they incentives, get incentives, right. Right. yeah. Yeah, everybody knows that. It's unfortunate. I think it's wrong. I didn't know it. I, I, I asked, I'm like, why are the Montgomery County officers, who I love these guys, I yeah. mean, just talk to them in the courts and then at auctions and stuff, they are the best people ever. Why are these really, generally, really nice people arresting all of my clients and friends just after they're leaving a bar and actually watching them? Mm-hmm. And um, they said, uh, this guy was telling me, this officer said... incentives. Uh, and then you have some of them say, no, I'll just take their keys and throw it in the field. I'm not going to do anything with it if they, you know, they really can't drive. But, um, but yeah, the incentives. And so mm-hmm. they go after you. So be careful, people in Montgomery County. Don't get your Uber or your Lyft because uh, it's, it's good for our, our, the public, but it's not, it, it just helps us uh, if, if we actually charge you for representing you. It, it just basically puts money in your attorney's pocket and the DPS pocket when you get your DWI charge. No kidding. No kidding. Or, or conviction. Yeah. So anyway, we found out. We went to court. The docket was ca- canceled. We didn't know that. We didn't get any notification. His case was not on the on the docket. It was on the docket, uh-huh. but the docket was canceled. All the prosecutors for the uh, the misdemeanor court were over on jail docket at a different location, so they weren't even available. Didn't I tell you? No. Uh-uh. And there was another attorney there that didn't know too. So we go uh-huh. back to um, the uh, court coordinator's office to reschedule the hearing. Uh-huh. Well, so this one attorney gets his uh, clients rescheduled. He had a couple, and then I'm getting mine. And the court coordinator says, well, I'm so sorry. I hate to tell you this. I said, well, it's no problem. You know, we'll just reschedule. And she said, no, I hate to tell you there's a warrant issued for your client's arrest. And I said, what? How Uh can this be? That's happened before. Nobody, right. Well, Uh and she said, I'm so sorry, but sometimes it just happens that way. So I go over to the DA's office. Uh And uh, well, nothing happened to them. He wasn't there, right? So they didn't. No, he was there. My client was there, but the court was closed. The bailiff wasn't there, so he couldn't arrest good, my client. Good. Okay, that's what right. they say. Because normally they're pretty nice about that. They're, it's just the clerks and stuff. They'll say, "There's a warrant out. Uh, I don't know you're here." That kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and so then the uh, court liaison with the with the jail came out and said, "Yeah, unfortunately." There's a warrant issued for his arrest, but the bailiff's not here, so he can't be arrested. And I was like, "Thank God!" Uh-huh. You know, I mean. I have good clients. They're not used to going to jail. I right. think that the court system... Well, you're definitely not going to lead them into court if they've got a warrant uh, because because that's the last thing you want is to be representing somebody and then they're going to get locked up once they get there, If they, particularly if it's unexpected like that. Well, if it's unexpected, I mean, I would have never done it, but I didn't know about it either. Well, sometimes my clients know they've got a warrant out so they've done something really stupid and they, they, let, oh, like, they don't even show up. It's like, oh, by the way, I didn't just oversleep. I can't come in there. There's a warrant. I'm like... 
Uh, then I'm like, oh, I don't want you as my client anymore. <laughs> you keep getting warrants out. But, uh, okay, people, also, if you suspect there's a warrant, you can call bail bond places because they will let you know if there's a bond. They, they have a, a system where you're not in any trouble and they want to help you because they want to get you a bond. Mm -hmm. And um, if there's one available, a lot of times there won't be a bond and you have to go to court to get the bond set, but you can do a walkthrough. But but the bottom line is you can call a bonding company just on the phone to get the information to let you know if there's a warrant out or not. If you're, you know, just suspect it might be, but but this was unexpected. Well, this was unexpected. We didn't know. And so, but the court staff was incredible. Mm -hmm. This was counting, and this is why I want to tell this story. Mm -hmm. I want my listeners to know, or our listeners to know, that, you <laughs> know, we talk a lot about, you know, how to address different legal situations if the police show up and all that kind of stuff. But the court actually really worked with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I so the court liaison and the uh, the liaison with the jail, the court administrator, uh -huh. said, "Oh yeah, unfortunately, there's this warrant out for your client's uh -huh. arrest." I was uh -huh. freaking out, and they said, "But you know, the judge may allow a walkthrough if you show up at one thirty. We're going to reset this for one thirty. Oh, the same day. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. If you, I know. Oh, Tony, it gets much better. You're not going to believe this story. Okay. So I go over to the DA's office, talk to the prosecutor. Uh -huh. Right. Well, the three prosecutors for the misdemeanor court. You know, they're young. The, fresh over, out the, of the law second school. floor over there in the little building. The DA's them, office. The, the, the DA's the office. Okay. Right. The one. Huh. Right. Exactly. Or behind you can go through the, the jail annex. if you, or you go through the building if you walk through. If the, you know the, how the, the maze. Uh -huh. Right. So anyway, I go over there. They're not there. And so I don't know if I had a weird look on my face or whatever, but, you know, <laughs> you can see these people walking through, and you can tell some of them have some authority and some don't, right? Uh -huh. And you can pretty much spot the ones that yeah, have authority. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm just worried about my client. He'd gone to get a haircut. Uh, Were you, like, dabbing your... <laughs> I don't know what I was doing, but the, none of the... I'd be saying my rosary. <laughs> None of the, well, I'm not Catholic, so I wouldn't say a rosary, but I was saying a lot of prayers. Okay. And so these uh, people were walking by, and they were saying, can we help you? Oh, here, let me go. And so we just kept going up and up and up the ladder uh -huh. because all the younger prosecutors. You have no idea how many times that's really helped me just stopping somebody and asking. No, it, I wasn't stopping them. They were helping me. Really? Yeah. Nice. The secretary, yeah, she said, well, you know, this person's here, the person that's in charge of pretrial diversion. Let me get his intern. So uh -huh. she comes out, and this wonderful woman named Victoria came out. I told her what was going on, and I said, and then there's this warrant issued for his arrest. And she said, that's upsetting. And I said, thank you. <laughs> because, you know, I'm used to, oh, well, at least he's not there for a month. <laughs> you know? And uh, so anyway, I'm sitting there, and the DA, Brett Ligon, walks by. Right? Uh -huh. And uh, he looks at me, and I don't know what kind of look I had on my face, but he looked at like me Mr. and he Bill. said, I, I don't know. Ma'am, are you being helped? And I said, yes, sir, I am. Thank you. But I think what I really looked like I was saying was, please help me. And so he goes back, and his, and I had no idea who this guy was. His top prosecutor, Rob Fryer, walks out. Uh -huh. And he sits next to me. He says, okay, tell me what's going on. Tell me what's In that going little on. area that's up front where, it's, where there are yes. the windows and yes. there's a place to sit. There are some seats there. There's a couple of elevators. There's a couple okay. of elevators. I've got the, I've got the, the whole scene There's here. like okay. three seats, a big table, and then three seats. Okay. <clears throat> Rob Fryer comes in. He says, tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on. I said, well, I'm waiting for a man named... He goes, no, no, no. Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> I didn't know who the guy was. Nice. They really cared. Really? Uh -huh. So I told him the whole situation, and he says, okay, look, I'm going to help you. 
uh, where where are you supposed to be at one thirty? Because I can talk to you prosecutors that were in charge of the, right, the right. court because uh-huh. they were. But he was the head guy. Doing doing jail command, right? Uh-huh. Well, t- t- two twenty one that handles all the murder cases and uh-huh. stuff. He's the chief prosecutor. Okay, so he's Brett Ligon's chief prosecutor. Right, right. He's like Malachi. He's like second he, in command. He's okay. those guys that you know. You're. I'm scared of. You know, uh-huh. what I mean, I'm scared of. Thank God, I didn't know who he was. And he turned out to be a great guy. Uh, he shows up. He helps me. He says, oh, when we finally go to court, he walked in and was like, oh, he's here. This is this person. By this time, I Googled the guy, and I knew who he was. He came on, like, uh, like hovering in. But then he came in and, as a prosecutor. Oh, there's so much about this case. You didn't tell me. You didn't tell me this. You didn't tell me that. Yes, I did. I said, I told yeah, you. But, I told uh, you. Okay, I know you're probably going to tell me, but I'm just so curious. I'm like the person that goes on the Internet and looks up the you know, the results of things before, you know, the the end of the story in the news or whatever. Um, uh, What was his warrant for? Uh, His warrant was for uh, violating the terms of his probation. Oh, the pretrial intervention? Mm-hmm, the pretrial uh, what intervention. Did he, what did he violate? Well, we don't know who the client is or anything, but what was it that he did? He involuntarily drank. Uh, he was at a, he was in Dallas, uh-huh. and he, he uh, asked his uncle, his uncle, they were, his cousin had graduated from uh-huh. college, but uh-huh. I'm not sure which one. Uh-huh. And uh, he asked his uncle for a seltzer, cranberry seltzer, and the guy gave him a hard seltzer, uh-huh. not in a can, but uh-huh. it was in a glass, and he uh-huh. involuntarily drank. It was about one in the afternoon. Uh-huh. So the pretrial diversion was out the window, and because they just yank those, you know, mm-hmm. if you violate them, I talk to. Yeah, but I'm sitting here not knowing your client or anything about it, and I think the instant that you have alcohol hitting your lips and you know you're not supposed to, he should have put that thing down. So I'm not buying. I'm I'm I'm, being, I'm the one that would be like, no, I may give you a, 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 a psych on this, but you got to be honest. You knew you were drinking, and you knew that you weren't supposed to. So I'm not buying it. Oh, I didn't know it had alcohol mm-hmm, in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just. Not, yeah. not believable. Right. Well, that's what Rob Fryer said when he showed up in County okay. Court at Law 4. <laughs> but he still helped us. Okay, good. And he was a good prosecutor. Because he understood that it was a graduation, and he was thinking that this guy just thought it would probably be okay. This would be an exception. Your client. I don't know what Fryer was thinking. I know what my client told me. Uh-huh. And Fryer knew that that's the only information I had okay, access to. Okay, so how to. did... Why did he have a soft heart to help you? That's very unusual. I don't know that he had a soft heart, and that's my point. I think he did the fair thing. Mm-hmm. What, what, what did he do? Uh, well, he dismissed the DWI. And oh, he dismissed the whole DWI? Oh, yeah. yeah. Even the pretrial intervention is over, too? The pretrial intervention was pulled not by him, but by the people that issue those. And so he, the only thing he could do was dismiss the DWI, but my client had to go to jail for four days. I don't understand. He dismissed it, but he still had to go to jail? Yeah. I mean, it's what I'm telling you. He had to go to jail for four days, then he'd dismiss it. Oh, as like he a, a pretrial it. intervention sort of... Yeah, like ramped up, like yeah. on steroids. Yeah, so yeah. he, he, he so, had a, a punishment, but the ultimate result was, was a di- uh, that he got a dismissal. Was what would happen with the pretrial diversion. Oh, wow. And so um, he, he did... That's a crazy story. He did something wrong... But in the end, he, he did still... something wrong involuntarily, according what, what to my the, client. What was the basis for the dismissal, <clears throat> for even the DWI? What what was he mad at the prosecutors for not knowing? And obviously, Who there was, was mad at the prosecutors. Well, you said this, uh, uh, Mr. Fryer uh, said, "Why didn't you tell me all this stuff?" Not there to must, me, not to, to the prosecutors. Well, there must have been the, the, the not, now. I'm I'm, I'm going to sort of. The, the anatomy of a DWI. What was the basis for the DWI? Because they don't just do that. This is not like this guy was driving crazy drunk, running into signs and stuff. No. He must have been 
just marginally uh, intoxicated. There was some reason uh, he qualified for the entire program, for the but he also got diversion. dismissed with a basically a slap on the wrist. I mean, going to jail is not fun, but I would do that. Oh, he in a went second. to jail three times. He went to jail the night he was arrested. Uh -huh. He went to jail to get on the pretrial diversion, uh -huh. and then he had to do four days in jail. I would do that in a second to get rid of my DWI, but but that well, was that's not a slap on the wrist when you're not used to going to jail. Okay, but what were the circumstances of his DWI? Since we don't know who this person is and no one will ever know, just generically, what what happened so our our listeners can hear? He was driving down the road. He what road? He, he, uh, the service road on 45. Uh, that's what that that's a trap, people. Service road yeah, on 45. Just like was he going north at the or beginning? South? Um, I believe he was going south. Okay, so he was no, no, north. He was he going, was going north. north, so he's mm -hmm. headed up from Rayford and going toward the Woodlands Mall, somewhere along that stretch where all the, the Papacitos. Yeah, the... it may not have been the service road, but it was close to the service road. Okay. Anyway, there was a cop behind right, right. him. Mm -hmm. He hit the curb, mm -hmm. messed up his tire, and pulled mm -hmm. into a parking lot. Okay. Then the cop followed him okay. and said, what's up? Okay. So, and then he agreed. He I mean, said, well, I think I had a little bit to drink. Okay, so, and then he must have agreed to... Uh, it, you can't get those pretrial interventions if you just if you don't allow blood or breath tests. Right, he he was voluntary on everything. So he was very polite and cooperative. Very That's the polite only way and you can get the pretrial interventions is if exactly. you're that video shows that you are totally cooperating. And and you know what I want to say too that I think was awesome about Mr. Fryer is that my client already had seventeen thousand dollars in it mm -hmm. of the pretrial diversion. He'd already taken all the required 17, classes. Seventeen thousand. What? What was seventeen thousand toward? Uh, well, the classes that he had to take, uh -huh. the court costs that he had to pay, uh -huh. uh, all that kind of stuff. That he added it up. He said he already had seventeen thousand in it. Yeah. yeah. A and lot of that was legal fees. Maybe not you, but somebody because the, some of it was legal yeah. fees. Yeah. And did he get, lose his license through the ALR? Okay, but let me finish. He <laughs> he already had seventeen thousand uh dollars -huh. in it. He'd already taken his classes. Uh -huh. He'd already done all the DOEP classes uh -huh. and done uh -huh. everything, the community service, uh -huh. all that stuff. Uh -huh. And because he blew on the blower in his car and there was some alcohol there, uh -huh. it was all over. And that he had was to just, start that was that where. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And he had to start at square one. So I think what I'm trying to say that was amazing to me was that this prosecutor was hard on him. Uh -huh. He made him toe the line. Uh -huh. But he also did what he could do to fix the situation. Uh -huh. And I think Montgomery County gets a really bad rap a lot. Uh -huh. And uh, we've got some really good guys out there that understand the situation. Maybe they didn't believe my client's story, uh -huh. but it didn't come about, oh, you scumbag liar, we're not going to do anything <laughs> to help you. I will say in the defense of all of the prosecutors and the people that work in Montgomery County Courts, I've never... <laughs> Anybody call me a scumbag. They are so polite. It's no, so I mean sweet. to the client. Uh, oh, 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 right. We're going to throw the book at you. We think you're lying. We think they that do that though. I mean, but that usually. Uh, but that, that wasn't my experience. Right. The other no, day. But I think that you're exactly right. If you're in the higher echelon of the people, you're going to get a little bit better if you can just get to them. The problem is that, like the Wizard of Oz, you can't get to them. It was incredible that we got to them, and yeah. it was all because the docket got canceled. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Mm -hmm. The bailiff wasn't there to arrest him crazy mm -hmm. and then I go over to the DA's mm -hmm. office and all the prosecutors that are younger that I deal with mm -hmm. were gone. Let me ask you this how far into the pretrial intervention was he? He was uh, well see that's another thing because he was arrested mm -hmm. on uh, in June mm -hmm. and so he had been under court supervision for a right, right. year. Right right when did he sign the pretrial intervention? Yeah that's I know I understand the question but what I want the listeners to know is he hadn't had anything to drink for a whole year. Uh -huh. He didn't sign the pretrial diversion until until November.
So we're okay. talking about June, July, August, September, October, November. Seven months. Yeah. Okay. So it actually was a okay. year and a half okay. before. So that's well, why. Well, he only had about five more months on that anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so, still, I yeah. mean, that's a oh, long no, no. time. I'm, I'm listening to this, and I think that's amazing. Isn't that incredible? I've had other pre-trial interventions where the, the simple um, uh, inability to get the intoxilizer uh, 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 calibrated or something in the car uh, within on that dead deadline seven days after you signed the agreement on the eighth day it was installed and working they said you missed it by a day you are now adjudicated guilty yeah, you it's told gone me that. you're gonna pay all the fines mm-hmm. and then they've got this on the record when they did everything right and still a full year on pretrial you know waiting to make the deal right so, that's not unusual to be. Uh, because you're waiting for the video, and you're waiting. So to to be on to be under the watchful eye of your bondsman and 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 your pre-trial probation and officer, going in randomly for alcohol and so drug that, testing. So that I'm not that impressed with because that's very common that you have to wait that long before you know if the pre-trial intervention is the best thing that you can do because you don't know what the facts are. You don't know if this is one that that they don't even have a case or not. But um, that you are able to uh, to uh, I guess. With your uh, look, whatever it was that you had in your face, or or with God's help, or whatever, whatever the case was, that all of these stars aligned properly for you to get that dismissed under the circumstances with all that stuff crashing and burning, is amazing. So um, yeah, it was incredible. I will say this though, I I really do for the most part love most of the people that work in Montgomery County. They are the nicest people. Oh, I'm it's not just, saying I don't like them at no, all. I'm saying that they get a bad rap. They do, they, but, but they're genuinely they actually nice. work with you. Right. Yeah, they're nice. Mm-hmm. They're respectful mm-hmm. and they care. They're not just over there going, oh, all you stupid people. They really, really want to help mm-hmm. you and want to work with mm-hmm. you, but they know that it's their job to administer justice and you cannot be drinking you, and driving. You just don't know what path you will be taken down to get to that end. No because, kidding. Because I know that on the one case that you you did the DWI trial with me and then there was all this prosecutorial misconduct right. and the police officer was lying and it was just... Uh, yeah. And then we ended up find, getting it guilty when there was absolutely no evidence. I know. And we did a really... I mean, that was a long, hard case for us to lose on on just the uh, looking at the video and and the the, the jury well, and deciding. you know what one thing that really bothers me about that is that the prosecution kept saying the subtle signs of intoxication and so they keep repeating the this law. to the jury right, right. right. and, and I'm you're like, objecting I'm not the, aware. the judge is letting it go forward and it's like this so when we file the motion for new trial and then then justice came that way we right. filed a motion for new trial and then the judge was aware of how bad it, the jury made the wrong decision, mm-hmm. and he dismissed the case at mm-hmm. that point. So, mm-hmm. well, the prosecution dismissed it when they saw that the judge gave us a new trial, and we were going to win the next time we, the next round, because they wouldn't get, be able to get away with those antics. So that that was a taint. But on the other hand, we still got the just resolve, you know, the, the final right. r- r- result. But um, it just you can't give up. The just like with you, you can't just say, oh well. You have a warrant. You have to go and you have to work and you have to talk to people and we have to start over from square one. No matter what, now you're totally messed up. Mm -hmm. So anyway, well, listen, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about updates to criminal law Mm -hmm. that are going to be happening in September. So we'll be right back, guys. Want to check out the fastest growing sport in the world? It's right here in Conroe, Texas, and it's Roller Derby. Conroe Roller Derby is a nonprofit recreational league of women and men who want you to come and check out the fast paced, hard hitting game of roller derby. 
The Conroe Cutthroats practice at Rainbow Roller Rink on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You can find our game schedule and more information on our website, www.conroerollerderby.com. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. From the beginning, the main purpose of the Cooperative Extension Service has been to change human behavior by teaching people how to apply the results of scientific research. By utilizing a holistic, multi-level approach, Extension Family and Community Health Programs encourage health and well-being for everyone, addressing values, concerns, and needs with reliable science-based information Extension programs help people lead healthier lives. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Is there someone you know who is hooked on vintage aircraft? Follow the commemorative Air Force and its fleet of World War II planes, including the mighty B-17 Flying Fortress Texas Raiders, which is based in Conroe, Texas. Texas Raiders tours locally and all around the United States, offering the public a chance to put their hands on aviation history. What could be a more perfect gift than a flight on a historic B-17? Taking to the sky on the iconic bomber is an experience that will never be forgotten. For the touring schedule, reservations, or more information, go to b17texasraiders.org or call 855-FLY-A-B-17. Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Fives with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vice with Soul, Miss C.C. Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongStar.com. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today talking about the awesome Montgomery County uh, DA, Rob Fryer. Ag Rob. Yeah. And, and our station manager, has got connections. We had no well, idea. Well, Dick is Mr. Connection to the community. Yeah. He's got his own radio station, Tony. Yeah, and, and, and now I've learned that we have comfort animals for, for witnesses on the stand, and I'd like to bring in comfort animals and pets for 
Maybe a parrot. I don't know. <laughs> can, can we bring in comfort food? I'd uh, like to do that. I think that when someone's on the sand, they should always have like a really cute, uh, like a fluffy cat or a dog to, like in the, the Godfather, to put on their lap while they're testifying. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of that old movie, That Darn Cat. Can you imagine? <laughs> Your Honor, I don't like the, I don't like the ruling you just did. Squeeze the cat. The cat goes, <laughs> I've never seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's old. It's an old Disney movie. Okay, so there's some... Some interesting, before we talk about the court cases, I want to talk about what's coming up. I think it's very fascinating. It's on page three here. New oh, criminal all of this laws. is fascinating. I'm yeah. just reading all of it. I'm I like, know. Oh, too, New I, criminal laws, busy. legislative update. This is one that I want our readers, our listeners to hear. Mandatory special fines for DWI, effective September 1st. House Bill 2048 eliminates the driver responsibility program. I'm just going to read this, and then we can talk about it, Mm -hmm. okay? Eliminates the driver responsibility program and the controversial surcharges that went with it. These surcharges were tacked onto court fines and criminal penalties for Texas drivers who were convicted of offenses ranging from driving without a valid license to driving while intoxicated. Mm -hmm. Those who didn't pay the surcharges had their license suspended. Mm -hmm. But while surcharges will soon be a thing of the past, drivers convicted of DWI won't notice it in their pocketbooks. The same bill increases the fines for individuals convicted of a DWI. In addition to the $2,000 to $10,000 Fines already applicable to the DWI. That's what I was telling you about my client that had $17,000 in it already. Mm -hmm. Individuals convicted of DWI will now be required to pay. This is effective in September, guys. $3,000 as an additional fine for the first... Yeah, they already pay $3,000. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, as an additional Mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. $3,000 as an additional fine Mm -hmm. for the first DWI, and it's going to be paid in a 36-month period. Mm -hmm. 4500 right. for subsequent DWI That's in a 36-month period, mm-hmm. and $6,000 for a fine of DWI with a blood alcohol content of 0.15 or higher. So you're going to have that fine for the last one, even if it's your first or second, if you've got a high blood alcohol level. That's, That's right. In addition to... That's wow. the way I read that, okay? So these fines are mandatory, and they don't provide for a range. In other words, it's a $3,000 fine, not a fine up to $3,000. In order for these fines to be waived, the court must find that the client was indigent. In other words, poor. They will be after that. Yeah, no kidding. It's important to point out that this House bill eliminates surcharges going forward and wipes the slate clean for any outstanding surcharge. And I think this is really interesting, Tony. Yeah, there, are, there are still surcharges. It's well, still the fine. They're just calling it something else. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Now it's a fine. And But, see, I think this kind of op- – the reason that this has passed is because – you know, now say you get arrested for DWI, and we're just talking about the pretrial diversion and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then you got to go to these classes and mm-hmm. cost you two thousand bucks, and then you mm-hmm. got to go do this and it costs you two thousand mm-hmm. bucks, and it just goes up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And so, what they've decided is not going to happen now is the court's not going to uh, order you to go to classes where you're going to have to pay all this money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this is interesting though. It's important to point out that the House bill eliminates surcharges going forward mm-hmm. and wipes the slate clean for any outstanding surcharge. That's huge. It is. Because all my, my alcoholics out there that have their license suspended because they owe so much money to the DPS, that, that's, a, that's amazing. It's yeah. like they've given you basically forgiveness. I that know. means any surcharge that is currently owed will be zeroed out mm-hmm. on September 1st, 2019. Mm-hmm. Additionally, if a driver's license was suspended as a result of not paying the surcharges, 
the license will be reinstated. I so know. that's the exact same thing. If a driver has a pending DWI that occurred before September 1st, he or she will not have to pay the surcharge. So what that tells me is all of you alcoholics, get out there now. Because as long as you get that DWI before September 1st, you're going to have a, a, clay, a, a clean slate and you're not going to have the new surcharges. But after September 1st, Uber, Lyft, designated driver, no more DWIs. And this is for my alcoholics out there. Yeah. Um, so if a driver gets arrested and is convicted of a DWI on or after September 1st, he or she will not have to pay a surcharge, but will be subject to the new and equivalent fines mm-hmm. as assessed about. So basically, it's the sur- it's the 3000 I always knew the 3000 I tell everybody that. And just to kind of clarify. But the 3000 is the DPS fine. Right, but remember. If you're found guilty of the DWI. Right, 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 right. But that's, this is the. The civil fine. This is not the one you're negotiating. The DPS with. is the civil fine. Right. The one Remember, you're talking DWI, about. You've got the your deal. Well, with that's the still there. Your uh, ag rob gets you off the whole thing. But let's say. Well, that, he didn't get you. He didn't get. I don't think that man gets you off. But he. No, worked. no, no, no. He but helped. in your case, he yeah. he was a hero. He, helped. Okay? he was. And uh, but if your client didn't go to the ALR hearing or lost at the ALR hearing, All right. Then then he would have these surcharges because. It's uh, not beyond a reasonable doubt, but a preponderance of the evidence. And it's really easy to lose those things if you don't go fight your guts out. And even if you do, a lot of times you lose them. Most of the time you lose them. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose your license and have a surcharge. So that's a different, it's a fine, but it's a civil fine. And that's what's been affected by this bill. And what happens is if you lose uh, at the ALR hearing, then you have to pay the $3,000 and you paid out over a three-year period. Because all my clients are like, I'm still paying this $1,000 each year. Well, now that $1,000 each year has just escalated after September 1st. Because most of my clients are not just a 0.15. They're a 0.50. Yeah. I mean, literally. <laughs> I mean, if you're over a 0.4, then you have a 50-50 chance of survival. And my clients get really close. I don't know why. They, they feel like alcohol is the answer. Or maybe they're just very fun partying people, but for some reason, they get behind the wheel after drinking this much because they've been drinking so much. Uh, but their fines are going to be ex- exceedingly higher to uh, for you if you are arrested and you have over a .15. And we just discussed. Yeah, just six thousand dollars Two drinks, roughly. Mm-hmm. And, to get you at a .08. Right. So a .15, I mean, I, most of my clients that I represent on DUI, I will say that well, there's a, a, a dividing line. They're either like a .11, they're kind of close to that margin of error, or they're, they just were, uh, they were at a party and they were just going crazy at a bar, and they're like between .19 and .28. That seems to be a very common range. Yeah. So .15 is... .28 is high. If, if you're at a bar with your buddies uh-huh. or whatever, and you drink, uh, let's say gals, if you're with your friends and you drink a bottle of wine, you're going to be over a .15. Because you sit there long enough and gossip, you're over a .15. That's right. Okay, so this is an interesting one. Medical marijuana, it's effective immediately. Okay, this is Texas. Mm-hmm. This is crazy this is weird. to me. We're conservative. Uh, well, yeah, but hopefully we're not... Don't continue to be stupid. That's Mm -hmm. my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, House Bill 3703 expands the state's medical marijuana program by allowing board-certified doctors to prescribe low-THC marijuana. I mean, this is Texas, right? For terminal cancer, Mm -hmm. epilepsy, not just intractable, for seizures, Mm -hmm. for multiple sclerosis, Mm -hmm. spasticity, which is a condition in which certain muscles are continually contracted, mm-hmm. ALS, mm-hmm. Uh, that's a progressive neurodegenerative mm-hmm. disease mm-hmm. that affects nerve cells. So I think we may all know someone or have heard about someone mm-hmm. with ES. Mm-hmm. It's just a degenerative disease. Mm-hmm. 
autism, mm-hmm. and incurable neurodegenerative disease. That is really broad. The Do people have autism? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, do you know the effectiveness of marijuana for people that have autism? It really helps them. Really? Yeah, it really helps those people. all those people, people out there that I know have autism includes. I think that I might have a spectrum form of it. Well, um, when you're talking about spectrum, you know, <laughs> that, that includes a lot of people, This is Tony. very broad. This says one word. Autism could be spectrum. It, yeah. So maybe Oosh, that's, like yeah, Colorado. so, well, in, in Colorado, they not only can do that, but, you know, anyway, uh, the bill redefines low THC cannabis, redefines low THC cannabis as any part of the marijuana plant or derivative or oil of the marijuana plant mm-hmm. that contains not more than 0.5% by weight of THC. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how much that is, but, I mean, that is some real change. I mean, All I know incredible. is I, I, I don't touch the stuff. I probably, uh, I just need to be awake. I don't like to be out of it. But yeah, me many neither. of my clients really enjoy this stuff. And so um, this is good to know that we've got now at least eight um, uh, defenses. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, you'd have to have some um, medical diagnoses uh, papered no. up by a physician. But anyway, this is interesting, Tony. House Bill 446, brass knuckles, clubs, and ASP batons are legalized. Yeah, I didn't know they weren't legal before. Oh, I I knew the brass knuckles weren't legal. I remember that happened. Gosh, I think back in the twenties. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But uh, I didn't know that clubs were specifically illegal. But anyway, uh, House Bill four four six amends the penal code and takes clubs off the list of prohibited weapons. The definition of club remains an instrument that is specially designed, made, or adapted for the purpose of inflicting serious bodily injury or death by striking a person with the instrument. And there will be places that clubs are not allowed under the penal the baseball code. Baseball bat can be uh, probably that uh, Negan's bat in The Walking Dead with the spikes <laughs> and the barbed wire around I've it never for seen that. sure qualifies. What are you you trying to watch that? <laughs> I have watched it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, so it also means the penal code to remove knuckles mm-hmm. uh, that are illegal to possess, manufacture, transport, repair, or sell. So now you can have it, but. Uh, this means things like nunchucks, tomahawks, and ASP batons will be legal effective September 1st. And, you know, believe it or not, I've had clients that have had this stuff on them. Yeah. But, it's, and, and, but you can get around it. It's really hard to prosecute. It's like, oh, it was jewelry or, oh, you know. But if it really is that and they're felons and they shouldn't have it, that's interesting. So I wonder, does that apply to felons? My little, my little oh, I don't think it applies mm. to felons because mm. felons can't be in possession of a... Yeah, that's true. Okay, okay. This, is, this is interesting. Listen to this. Effective immediately, House Bill 1325 legalizes hemp production. Now, we know what that is. It's marijuana. Mm-hmm. Removes hemp from the Controlled Substances Act and legalizes CBD products that contain 0.3% or less of THC. Okay, now... If I'm reading this correctly, this means that I can grow pot at my house, and that's okay as long as it's for personal use. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. It says legalizes hemp production. Right. Well, I think that's talking about manufacturers. I don't think that this reaches into personally growing. But maybe it does have something to do with how those are going to be prosecuted, Mm -hmm. you know. But uh, crazy, huh? This is, uh, okay, what about this? I want our listeners to hear this one, okay? Uh, House Bill 2789, sexually explicit pics by request only. 
this House bill uh, is effective September 1st. It creates a new offense by adding Section 2119 to the Penal Code. This makes it illegal. Listen to this, people. It makes it illegal to send a picture or video of a sexual act, an intimate part, or a covered but erect penis that is not at the request, request or express consent. That means they verbally say, I want that picture to of the recipient. The bill creates a class C offense that is punishable by up to five thousand dollars. Five hundred dollars. I, I think fine. that's pro- all they've done is clarify the law. You can't be sending lewd stuff to people that don't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all you have to do is see get- the whole argument is, oh, but they said they wanted it. Oh no, I never said that. Yeah, well, blah, I blah, see blah. this being a a a a windfall for attorneys to. Uh, to get people out of this by mm-hmm. uh, being the negotiator to the person that received it by saying, will you please agree to say that you accepted this and he won't happen again and there'll be an apology. It opens up communication, but um, I thought that was illegal. I already thought it was uh, It was called author. harassment. Yeah, it is. Okay, listen, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to get to talk about the rest of these changes okay. uh, to our law. We'll be right back after the break. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from any sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 936- Six four seven three seven seven six. Welcome back to the Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. This afternoon, Tony and I are talking about new uh, changes to criminal law that will affect everyone in Texas. Uh, 
we were just talking about the sexually explicit pics by request only. <clears throat> and I just want you guys to know, I mean, I don't know about you, Tony, but I have some clients and, you know, there are some situations that happen. They were under the understanding that, you know, that person wanted them to send pictures and all of that Pretty kind of broad. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you need express, you need a request or an express consent. In other words, can, do you mind if I send you a picture of my beep? And they have to say... Oh, yes, that would be wonderful. Or forget it, weirdo. And then you keep that consent the, if they I'm did actually thinking, consent. Uh, this is pretty rampant amongst <clears throat> teenagers. And, I mean, they're still of age. They're like 17. They're still in high school. They're always sending pictures of each other's stuff. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to believe, but I see it all the time. It's like you have one on your phone because they get their phones when they're picked up. They're taken. They're like, And I'm like, okay, tell me everything that's on your phone. And I find out, I'm like, you had that on your phone? I'm like, what's mm -hmm. wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Not only are they giving me in trouble, but your girlfriend's going to find out. And it's not because they're not pictures of the girlfriend. They're other oh, yeah. girls. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so this is good news for porch victims of porch pirating. You know, around the holidays mm -hmm. and stuff, it was it rampant over the mm -hmm. last couple of years where people are going and stealing your packages from Amazon and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So House Bill 37 creates a state offense for mail theft, mm -hmm. generally stealing mail from fewer than 10 addresses. In other words, if somebody's driving down the street, mm -hmm and just running from house to house picking up stuff that's on their porch in December. That's pretty bad. Fewer than 10 addresses is a Class A misdemeanor. 10 to 29 addresses is a state jail felony. Mm -hmm. And anything over that is a third-degree felony. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's, so, that's not surprising. That's not really changed that much. Uh-huh. Uh, you wanted to talk about the deferred DWI bill. Yes. Um, House Bill 3582. It's really a big deal because you could not get deferred on DWIs before. It was uh, the Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, the MAD group, mm -hmm. made it so that you really were, um, so you, you had to get a pretrial intervention when you're only certain uh, people can uh, qualify for that. And they've ch this is huge for people that, speaking of people that shouldn't be drinking, but but still, it's the first time DWI, but the pretrial intervention prevents you from getting a, a, a uh, qualifying if you have any arrest. You can't have any criminal history. So this makes it so that if you had some petty theft or you had something that went on 20 years ago when you were, you know, falsely accused and you took a, like all people do, well, I take that back. I've never been accused but of anything But so either. many people but, do that. But, They'll plead guilty. Just to get out of it, yeah. to get, uh, just, okay, I'll take the guilty. Just let me pay the fine and get out of here. Mm -hmm. And then you're not going to qualify for one of these um, pre-trial inventions. Well, this new bill, effective September 1st, House Bill 3582, allows individuals to receive deferred adjudication for first-time DWIs in Texas, practically, what the bill really does is shorten the period in which a driver arrested for a DWI can apply for a non-disclosure, assuming that there was not an accident involving another person. The non-disclosure waiting period is two years after the deferred period is over, instead of the standard three to five years. Um, I'm getting a lot of people that want non-disclosures now, too. And But there's more to this. Courts will not, you could not get a deferred adjudication on a first-time DWI. You right. Just, you, it was, you couldn't do it, and now no. you can actually get that. And... They've made it so that you can get the non-disclosure sooner. And that non-disclosure, people, is really important because anybody, if you apply for a job or if they're trying to look at your, your background, credentials, anybody can just look on your record and see that you were arrested. And just that taint is enough to prevent you from getting that job or getting that whatever it may be. You don't want to have this stuff on here. So if you file for a... Um, petition for a non-disclosure after deferred adjudication and you've successfully completed it, that gets uh, taken off of the 
the domain of the clerk's office and, and, and various other places where it's not easily accessible, except law enforcement and, and ver like teaching uh, if, if licenses and various things like that. So this is a really big deal. Mm -hmm. um, the bill also requires a judge to order an interlock device on any DWI that is deferred, which is very common. You're always going to get that. If you if they make a deal with you, that's part of your punishment. You're going to have to blow into this thing in your car. And everybody wants to say, no, I don't want it in my car. I'm a real estate agent. I'm going to say I don't have a car. It's even worse, people, if you get one of the standalones that's in your house because you've got to blow into this thing at a specific time during the day. It's stationary. And if you're not at your house when you say you're supposed to be or if you miss it, it's a lot harder than you think to have one of these stationary things, and it's more expensive. Now, even though the blood alcohol concentration is less than 0.15, unless after substance and alcohol evaluation, the judge rules that the use of the interlock is not necessary for the safety of the community. Probation for a first-time BWI with a blood alcohol content less than 0.15 currently does not require an interlock as a condition. But I will tell you this. I'm almost always, if, if I get a pretrial intervention, they all require, you're not getting out of that interlock with a pretrial intervention. And you're not going to get a deferred in Harris County uh, from any of the judges um, at, at all anyway. So here, it's actually, it's kind of the same, except for you're getting the deferred. That's a big, big deal. Deferred for DWI is considered a conviction for enhancement purposes for any future DWI. A non-disclosed DWI can be used for enhancement purposes. So if you were to get a DWI, let's say, in Walker County, and then you got it non-disclosed, okay, uh, then they, they almost all of these non-disclosure agreements are expunction agreements. Say, we, we'll agree to expunction. We won't fight you on it, but we're going to keep it for our own county records. So if you go uh, and let's say you, you move to Galveston and you get one there, they don't have access to once you get it non-disclosed to the files over in Walker County. So right. so if you're an alcoholic and you're going to go driving around and this happens a lot just of Just be in different counties. Just go from county to county, you know, cross that yeah. county line before you get your, that, that, well, that's the way you But don't do that. Yeah. I would say just don't even drink and drive. Hire a Lyft or an Uber. Much easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what about this? Assault on a pregnant woman. That's House Bill 902. It's effective September Pretty, 1st. I would say that's not changing the law at all. That's just something that somebody came up with. You assault a pregnant woman, that's going to be... Uh, I, I think that's a, like a domestic violence Yes, issue. it's... Uh, you, everybody knows better than assault on pregnant. The problem is if they're, they don't appear pregnant, they're just like two weeks pregnant or something... Uh, this makes it pretty harsh. You're assaulting someone that just conceived the night before, and mm -hmm. that's a third-degree felony. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to say they miscarried, and maybe they docked the records. You've got some woman that's mad that you're cheating on her. This is pretty tough. So guys, know who you're fooling around with. Mm -hmm. Don't be just, you know, mm -hmm. um, be, uh, being kind of flippant about that. Abstinence is very important in those <clears throat> these circumstances because um, because if this woman finds out that you're cheating on her, and I see it over and over again, uh, what, what is that? A woman's scorn is... What is that? Uh, hell hath no fury like a woman's yes, scorn. Yes, I found that to be the case in almost every instance where mm -hmm. I've got these trumped-up assault charges against men because the woman is mad because they're cheating on them with their best friend or they mm -hmm. find out about it and they make up these charges and they stick. Okay, here's an interesting one. House Bill 2894 significantly expands the Medicare fraud statute and creates health care fraud as a state criminal cause of action. That's crazy. That means anybody that is charged with, convicted of healthcare fraud, physicians, nurses, whoever, they can now be charged criminally, and that was yeah, not the case. Yeah, but give me case. an example. What is the uh, expanse? I mean, uh, uh, the immediate thing I think of here is uh, when somebody is a medical professional and they are filling out phony paperwork <clears throat> to get reimbursements through the government. Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be from, criminal anyway. 
from he- from healthcare. Well, no, it's not criminal. It's not criminal unless you're charged criminally. Oh. But this just makes it easier. I mean, it, it just it says you, it, it, it actually is a it actually is a crime now. I yeah, it was a crime before. I can. They had to go about it a different way. Yeah. Um, I think this is interesting. Let's see. Um, I want to read this one. New punishment for switching price tags. This is crazy. House Bill 427 changes the punishment range for switching price tags. The offense formerly known as fraudulent destruction, removal, or concealment of a writing will now be tied to the difference in value of the new tag, and it goes all the way up to a third-degree felony if you switch a tag. That's 150000 to 300000 We are running <laughs> out of time. We want to remind you guys to... Serve God by serving others. Don't switch those tags. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Thanks for listening.